Coming up now, his name is Justin Pollock. Hell of a driver, Formula D pilot. First time I met him. Statman knows him well. Uh, but I, would, I enjoyed my conversation with him. This dude is, is he's all hands on deck when it comes to putting his, uh, his Mustang on the track and kicking some ass in Formula D. And flying those Lucas Oil colors, by the way. Caught up with him earlier at uh, PRI. Justin Pollock here, Freak Nation. To refer to the, the guy standing to my left, when you, when you use the term drifter, back in the day it meant something else. Now it means it's like 180 degrees. It's not grifter or drifter. It's Formula D pilot. Uh, Justin Pollock joining me here in the Freak Nation. That was a hard thing. When I would cover drifting back in the day, when it first started, first of all, it took, it took a long time for people to grasp what the hell was going on. What? They're just lead fault. What's going on here? But now it's turned into a multi-billion dollar business, thank you to Fast and Furious and all of the madness that yeah. is there, to where dr- drifting and Formula D, it's a series where it's compatible to all the other series in that you have your black hats, your white hats, uh, you have drivers you don't like, you've got different courses that drivers like. And they, I don't want to be in front of the. Have you found with your time in Formula D that you've enjoyed watching this thing grow to its size? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, so I got into Formula D in 2008, which at the time I was like, man, I'm like late to the show mm-hmm. because because it had been around a couple of years and. But I honestly think my entry into to drifting was at a great time um, because I have been able to see it grow. And, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, 2020 was tough with <laughs> we didn't even know if we we're going to drive or not. But we were gaining a lot of momentum up to that point. And we were through that whole situation. We were still able to, to go to events. We only had one venue that had had fans, unfortunately. But to come back this year and see how much growth there was, and and without losing uh, like a step from 19 to 21, with like every venue was sold out, mm-hmm. people were pumped to be back. And dude, the level of driving is just insane now. I mean, you look back in when in 2008 when they're like door to door, and there literally was like a car and a half in between the cars. Now it's like door to door, and we're literally touching each other mm-hmm. through the track. So. The elevation of all the drivers, the elevation of the, the fans like being engaged in the sport, obviously social media and everything has helped grow that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're we're taken seriously by a lot of other series now. Mm-hmm. Like in the in the beginning, it was like ah, that's not going to last. Like there's there's no life in that sport. And- see, that's what happened with Sport Compact Drag Racing. We were on the cusp with that. Crasher and I, we would co- we covered that for the NHRA and ESPN, and then in. It's gone. Well, that's what everybody referred to. They're yeah. like, oh, it's just going to be like uh, import drag racing, mm-hmm. which it's not, obviously. So it's it's good. It's it's awesome to now consider myself what, okay, a veteran. What, what's, what's changed? Why why has drifting stepped up and become part of our culture versus well, uh, just you, a fly-by every, drag racing every, series? Com- look at every commercial that you see. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's a front-wheel drive car or rear-wheel drive car. They're sliding the car around. Mm-hmm. It's it's everything that you kind of wanted to do with a car, but you never, it wasn't really socially acceptable to do with a car. Doing burnouts and doing donuts and, like, all of these things, we've taken it to the track, and we've made a legitimate sport out of all those, like, things. I mean, I, I know, like... like 
the farm kids like sliding down dirt roads in their pickup truck, you know, <laughs> fishtailing. Like that was me. Like, I mean, I grew up in a small town and like we were fishtailing on dirt roads mm -hmm. or, or in the wintertime in the school parking lot, busting cookies, learning how to like control the car and literally turn that into a sport. You got a guy like Steph Papadakis who made the transition from sport compact drags into drifting. Dude's always been on the right side of progress. Yeah. And recognizing what he's done, what guys like yourself have done 13, 14 years into this thing. What are the next levels that you take this? Can you finally put it in front of an audience? Granted, whether it's Irwindale or a, another track, you'll, you'll still have 20,000 people there. But do you do you want it to get in front of 50, 60,000 people where you're, you're drifting around California Speedway? Do well, I think, you know, big tracks like that is tough because there are certain things that we are fighting. Um, you know, our tires only last so long. Mm -hmm. So we, we do fight that <laughs> of we got to get two laps out of these tires because otherwise we're changing tires every, every lap. And the run of show isn't there. You, you have to be able to get two laps out of the tires. So you have to set up courses that uh, work with that. And we've been on the edge. We're literally coming around the last corner. Like you are out of out of grip, mm -hmm. and we've added a lot of grip to the chassis to take it off of uh, our expectation on the tire. So there's there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, we have setups that are similar to like circle track, and we have some stuff that's like road racing style, but it's all. Uh, collaboration into what we have for drifting even on the the engine program um you know we have a run-up like a drag race and then we're literally clutch kicking at highway speeds at the end of a drag race into this road course that we're running like a race line for the most part i mean we have apexes that we're hitting like inner clips and and outer zones so it's similar in that aspect and then you have like the dirt racing aspect where you're sliding side by side with another car so it's this uh conglomerate of all these disciplines into this new motorsport and it, dude it's exciting to be a part of but is it, is it important for drifting to take it to the next uh, I, I hate that term the, the next level put hold on hold on put it in a bristol in a coliseum set where, where it's oh a, that would be great you know in something like that versus a two mile track a quarter mile track put it in bristol to where it, because you, you the, the idea behind motorsports, well, just marketing in general, is reaching new eyeballs. Right. And if you can reach a 50-year-old's eyeballs in Bristol... Well, we're starting to, though. I mean, the demographic that's interested in the sport is definitely growing because mm -hmm. it used to be a much younger. But yeah. I see older older guys that are like, hey, you know, it, this has been around. They're actually taking it serious now. Or, you know, they were, you know, 40s or whatever, and now they're, like, in their 50s because this, this has been around, like, 15, 16 years. And... People are like it is opening people's eyes because there is a lot of technology that's going into it. These cars are impressive. It's not just some, you know, junkyard motor thrown in with like whatever. I mean, do we engineer these cars mm -hmm. specifically for the sport? And we make like 960 wheel. There's guys like Papadakis, they're a thousand. Like there's quite a few guys that are over a thousand wheel horsepower in these cars. So it's not like that. That's not an easy task. Making a, a thousand horsepower car that lasts mm -hmm. the way that like the duty cycle on these engines is insane. I mean, I work, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to work with the guys at Ford on the crate engine program to give them feedback on their crate motors to to make them last because mm -hmm. it's not like a Cobra jet where it's just a hammer down uh, an eight second like run. I'm basically doing that for 30, 45 seconds. So wow. the duty cycle on an eight second run is not the same as the duty cycle on a 30 to 45 second run. So it's a, 
making these engines last and, and it's amazing and honestly dude like the the um lubrication like helps out a ton throughout the entire car the drivetrain and the, in the sequential gearbox that i use in the quick change all of these things i mean we'll see like maybe not in competition because the competition is only like 30 seconds but like the demos that i do dude i'll get like 280 temp on my oil and no oil no bearing problems no any of that stuff i i um actually took tom for for a spin in my car and i let her have it and that was when i hit like 280 i'm like dude is this gonna be all right he's like yeah no problem whoa but that's it just goes to show when you use all the right stuff in the car these things can live like in that atmosphere justin you look at whether you're doing this at Long Beach Grand Prix and you're in front and you're in front of a, a different fan base there, I know typically that's, that's honestly my favorite track. Is it? Oh yeah. I, I, is it because you're going into that turn and you just see that grandstand of fans like right there? Uh, or I just think it's a, it's a combination because uh, one, we have our event the weekend before, mm-hmm. um, and then the following weekend is during the Grand Prix, and we get to show what we do to a whole like different that's group the idea of that i'm talking about getting yeah. in front of a whole different audience and, and people are blown away because mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest impression event because you have all these people that are there for sports car racing and then they stay over <laughs> and obviously you have the drifting crowd that comes in and but you have these other people that you expose them to our sport and they're like they're impressed and, and they come in the paddock and they check out the cars like in, in between or before the event and you know, you, you're able to pop the hood and show them, and they're like, hey, this is a real deal. This isn't like some ragtag deal anymore um, that they thought in the beginning. And going back to Steph, like, I was very fortunate in, I think it was uh, 2005, six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually worked with Steph. <laughs> so I worked at AEM, and he brought me over to the race team, and he kind of, I think unbeknownst to him, he kind of mentored me in a bit and I learned a lot and I was able to be a part of that build and, and did a lot of mechanic work on Tanner Faust 350Z that he ended up winning two championships in. So that set me up really early on to Steph's like mentality and his approach because obviously he was already a established pro drag racer. Mm-hmm. He was getting into drifting, but he his... He's very meticulous and very planned, and um, that really I, I absorbed a lot of that in just the organization and the approach to the build that now I implement into my uh, my program. And I'm very thankful for that opportunity uh, because a lot of people don't have that or mm-hmm. don't have that mentor. And I've been very fortunate to work with some great guys in the industry and just absorb a lot of things, and, and that's put me into the position that I'm in now. And being a kind of a veteran of the sport, I'm trying to reach out to the younger guys and, and help them with things so that we can grow the sport because I want it to be around a long time. I mean, I want to continue driving for, you know, a while and, and hopefully until my son gets into it and he's already like interested in, in driving. But that's going to be a couple of years. But, but yeah, I mean, being able to expose it to more and more fans mm-hmm. and, and we're busting at the seams at all of our venues. So going to a bigger track. I mean, Irwindale's our, our biggest track, and we probably have, I'd say, twenty to 25,000 people easy in that venue, and we're literally, the stands are just, yep. like, we're busting at the seams. So if we could go to a venue like that, which has stands all the way around, the problem is getting a venue that there's a good vantage, vantage point for all of the fans, because you don't want them to miss out. And Long Beach is a tough one because there's only, like, one or two sections of the grandstands that's, like, really good. Um, and then the other spots from, I'm obviously on the track, so I got the best seat in the house. 
like that guy, Justin Pollock, Formula D pilot here in the Freak Nation. Statman, 20 seconds on him. Good guy, huh? He's a spectacular guy. I learned quite a bit from that conversation. He right. did a good job there. I learned, and I've been following the sport from the beginning.